0: Hi, and welcome to the Civics Breakdown with Bella. I'm your host, Bella Alexander. I take second period honor civics in a Manual High School class of 2024. On this podcast, you're going to get the rundown on civics and learn everything you need to know. Hi, and welcome to the legal systems episode of the Civics Breakdown with Bella. Our essential question for this episode is analyze how the judicial, legal, and political systems of the United States in North Carolina embody the founding principles of government. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about ancient legal systems since they led up to the development of um, the United States legal systems. So the first one is the Kona, Code of Hammurabi. Hammurabi's code was a written set of 282 laws that established standards for interactions. They set fines and punishments for breaking these laws and most of them were pretty harsh. This code was carved into a large black stone and was recovered in 1901 and it's important because it's one of the first known written legal set of laws. I'm sure you've heard an eye for an eye and that came from Hammurabi's code. So next is Justinian Code, which was the foundation for the Byzantine legal system for nearly 900 years. And the Justinian Code brought law and order back to the Byzantines. Many of the laws were aimed at regulating religious practice. And the Code had four books, which all focused on different issues. So um, next we have some English um, landmark English documents, such as the Magna Carta, which was um, written, or er, in 1215, there was a king named King John, he was overusing his power and punishing the people, and was eventually forced to negotiate, and the negotiation was written down, was written down and is what we know is the Magna Carta, and it's a symbol of liberty around the world the english bill of rights made a more of a democracy and limits the power of the crown and while protecting the rights of the people without it the king or queen could do things such as punish parliament or the rights of the people could be restricted and this influenced how the u.s government was built the development of rule in the law rule of law in the u.s kind of started with the Iroquois nation constitution, which is also known as the great law of peace. And it forms a league of six nations, includes a bicameral legislator, includes the balancing of powers and it greatly influenced the US constitution. We have the House of Burgesses, which was put in place because there was not much order in Jamestown. It's made, It was made up of 22 members. It was also known as Congress or the Virginia Assembly, which was the lower house. Elected representatives from 11 of the settlements. The Senate was called the Gentry, which is the upper house. And they were appointed, not complete democracy, but the idea of self-government. The Mayflower Compact was a set of laws and rules that the pilgrims in Massachusetts would live by. It was written to make sure peace and prosperity would last, and it governed the Plymouth Colony for over 70 years. The social contract is an agreement between the people of a state and the government of a state, the people agree to follow certain rules from the government and the laws are put into place to help make sure that the people have rights. And this was written mostly by Jean Jacques. I can't really say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Really important figure. Um, The Declaration of Independence was written mainly by Thomas Jefferson, and it explains why the 13 colonies were forming a new country, and it was written because the king was interfering with the colonists' right to self-government and a fair judicial system. Um, Lastly, we have the Constitution of the U.S., which begins with We the People, establishes America's national government and fundamental laws and guarantees rights for citizens. And the constitution is the highest law. So now I'm gonna kind of go in depth with some connection questions. So the first one is I'm gonna distinguish the judicial systems of the United States and North Carolina in terms of structure, jurisdiction, and how each provides for equal protection. So the first thing I'm going to um, dive into is federal courts, and there are three basic levels of federal courts. So first are your district courts, second are your circuit court of appeals, and third is your U.S. Supreme Court, and this is how they work. So every person who has been accused of a crime has a right to a trial by jury, And in a jury trial, the jury listens to the witnesses and reviews the evidence. Then the judge rules on the law and makes a decision. After this, if a defendant is convicted in a federal trial court, they may appeal to the next level of court, the U.S. Court of Appeals. There are 13 of these, and they are in different parts of the United States, and there are between 6 to 30 judges on the court, but there are normally 3 judges on a panel. Next, there are the appeals courts, which do not try cases. They study the cases with the evidence given. And lastly, there is the highest level of court, which is the Supreme Court. They only study under 100 cases a year and have to choose the cases they study. If four out of the nine judges vote to hear a case, it will be held. They solely base their work off the Constitution. So next, I'm going to go into a little bit about state courts. So... There are also three of these, the state trial courts, intermediate court of appeal, and the state supreme court. So each state has its own criminal court system. Most states either have courts of limited or unlimited jurisdiction. Courts of limited jurisdiction often only try misdemeanors and lesser offenses, um, so these courts are often called municipal, magistrate, or police courts, and courts of unlimited jurisdiction commonly hear felony cases. So depending on the state, these courts are called Superior, District, Circuit, or General Sessions courts. If convicted, defendants may appeal their cases to appealate courts. Most cases have two levels of appeals courts, the intermediate level and the state supreme court. Some only have state supreme courts and don't have the intermediate level. Just like the U.S. Supreme Court, state Supreme Courts have discretionary jurisdiction, which means that they can choose which cases they want to hear. If the state Supreme Court hears a case, it has the last word on the case. Um, if the defendants cannot appeal, the defendants cannot appeal further unless they charge violations of the U.S. Constitution, and then it will start going federal. So next I'm going to determine how the fundamental principles of government can be found in the adversarial nature of the state and federal judicial process. So the fundamental principles of government can be found in the adversarial nature of the state and federal judicial process because all of the principles are guidelines for judges to make their decisions. So next, I'm going to critique the extent to which the United States and North Carolina constitutions have been effective in both upholding and setting the precedent for the founding principles of government. So I think that the Constitution of the U.S. and of North Carolina have been mostly effective in both upholding and setting the precedent for the founding principles of government. I think this because the constitutions are written and were written a long time ago. Now, as people are evolving and changing, it depends on who is interpreting these documents. Our country is so divided that people can look at what is written and think about it in two completely different ways, or many completely different ways, actually. For example, we all have equal rights that is written down in the Constitution and cannot be taken away, but some people interpret this differently and still do not treat everyone equally because of their nature. So lastly, I'm going to wrap up with the essential question, which is analyze how the judicial, legal, and political systems of the United States and North Carolina embody the founding principles of government. The judicial, legal, and political systems of the United States and North Carolina embody the founding principles of government by following the Constitution. They also make sure that the people have justice and their needs are met. This means that this means their needs, but also their rights, such as freedom of speech and religion. If there is an interference with the rights of the people, then it is the judicial, legal, and political systems' responsibility to make change. So I also hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Civics Breakdown, and I'll see you for the next episode to talk about how geography shapes civics.